The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning. I see you're busy there, Carrie. Yeah. You're ready to go Checking here? the headlines, yeah. Uh, happy Labor Day. I, I mean, seriously, Carrie, is this like the I least was... anticipated Labor Day in yeah. the last century? Actually, I was looking to confirm that I knew the song and the the musician I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, You never Dang. heard this song before, No, Carrie? I was like excited. I was like, I think I actually know the musician and i know the song i was like and so i had to look it up before i said something right. and do you want to re- do, it's did the you boys from- of summer don henley. don henley so i was i was <laughs> you know who don henley is right he's yeah he's had a lot of good songs he's been a lot a few groups along yeah. the way yeah, yeah. so I, I was excited mark you actually played a song i knew all the parts <laughs> Not just recognize it. All right. Yeah, I mean, no beach, <laughs> uh, no backyard barbecues, no going downtown to the tribe games. I don't know. I know I, some I, people I, doing backyard barbecues. Well, but. yeah, you know, but <laughs> no Blue Angels, you know, that's yeah. you know, buzzing the downtown buildings. It's Kentucky Derby Day. I mean, really? I mean, what's a Kentucky Derby with no spectators? I mean, the whole the whole idea well, of the Kentucky Derby was the show of it, you know, with the everyone dressed up and the. I mean, Minch, you can hold the julep, Carrie. Just in this year, just give me the bourbon straight up. Yeah, right. I agree with you. And you even think about football games aren't the same; they're limiting, you know, spectators. And some schools are even like, yeah. if they have it, you're lucky enough you get two tickets per player. I mean, that was like the socializing and the fun thing for kids to do. And yeah. The, it's getting old. The Rona summer <laughs> is over. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. He was speaking in Pennsylvania this week. Secured American energy independence and built the single greatest economy in this the is history what he's running of the world. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to do it again. Have yeah. to do it again. Do it again. It's his new MAGA hat. <laughs> oh, there you go. And it's happening. You see what's happening? Job numbers, retail sale numbers are all at records. It's happening. It's happening very fast. It's actually happening in a Super V, not a V. It's a Super, a super v. v, Karen. And you'll see mm-hmm. that. And big numbers are coming out and have come out. And uh, just watch your set or watch your newspaper. Read your newspaper. You now, see, see, that's the interesting part. So this was he was speaking live in Pennsylvania. I mm-hmm. believe that was Thursday. All right, um, and it's almost seemed like he was he kind of hinting that maybe he knew there was a good jobs report coming out. Mm, maybe. See, supposedly they don't tell him. He doesn't right. see those statistics. Before anybody else does. Maybe he was reading like industries or higher, you know, there's other sometimes indicators. Um, so, you know, so it, it was interesting. So good morning, everybody. Uh, you found Financial Food for Thought. And this is Mark Donnelly. Got Carrie Waddell. And Carrie, you'll tell a little bit more about what we do. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. To me, it doesn't even feel like a Labor Day weekend. No. Um, nothing feels the same this year. Um, I just say, although uh, it's supposed to be a beautiful weekend, so. beautiful weather. Yeah, you couldn't it's ask too for bad better. We can't way. do anything. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, I'll be sipping on my, you know, bourbon less the julep uh, in my backyard alone. <laughs> 
All right, get us started. Yeah. All right, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that may impact your financial life, whether you're working or already in retirement or you're single and you're married, divorced, widowed, um, and we help um, people are planning. We help. Jeez, what a morning. We, we help people of all Carrie, different things. you need a vacation yeah, day. Yeah, I, I need a... Uh, you can take Monday off, I, I, I need a, a mint julep. Um, we can help plans of many different estate sizes, and we are sponsored by the Estate Planning Team. It is a fee-based fiduciary planning firm that's been around 35 years in the greater Cleveland area, helping people with traditional financial planning, financial modeling, and number crunching so people have clarity and know what steps they should take to protect their long-term financial stability, how to address potential financial disruptors, know what they can realistically afford to spend, how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible. And if you think that tax rates are going to increase in the future, um, you want to be as proactive about your financial life as possible. Not only does it give you peace of mind, in many cases, it puts more net spendable dollars in your pocket and you've worked hard to earn your money. You might as well take action and do everything you can to stack the odds in your favor, especially during times of economic uncertainty. And um, we're not investment advisors, although we look at people's assets in terms of how much risk are they taking on, which if you're concerned about market volatility, it's important to know how much risk you should be taking. We have people that get excited when the markets do well and they want to put more in risk. But in reality, if they can do all the spending and accomplish all their financial goals, even with discretionary, then we come back and say, why are you taking on more risk than you need to be okay? Some people don't take on enough risk. Um, So we do that and we coordinate with people's existing investment advisors or um, many cases the clients do the investing on their own. We're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We're A-rated and Super Service Award multiple years on Angie's list. And we do offer a free consultation by phone or in person, whatever you're more comfortable with, to help determine if we can help you, if our process is appropriate for you, and what options you have with fees. We have affordable retainer options if people want help through all the steps, and affordable hourly options as well. And this weekend, we're offering a special incentive um, for people, a special discount. Um, either if you call and are one of the first 10 callers, or if you contact us through the website, that's financialfoodforthought.com, you're going to get three hours on an hourly retainer. We have, you can go straight hourly, but if if you go buy blocks of time, you get incentives. So if you buy the block of time, you'll get three bonus hours of planning or you'll get 15% off our retainer fees. So that's only for the first 10 callers and get on the schedule this year. Uh, we are scheduling all the way through the end of October. And again, by phone or in person, we do have evening and early morning. If people have work schedules, you know, kind of things are crazy right now for people. Um, you can call 440 Leave a message. We will get back to you on Tuesday morning. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Any email from the website will be timestamped and come directly to me. All right. You're listening to Mark Daly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, I can't remember a year like this. Um, and no, I don't even think people that are old, I was going to say ever. I mean, even we have older clients. Right. Yeah. Our 90 year old clients say this is the worst they've ever seen. And they remember, I've listened to people talk about polio. Well, yeah, we were cautious. World War II. Right. The Great Depression. But things didn't shut down like this. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it's. Now, again, the so we heard President Trump in the beginning kind of hinting that watch the news, uh, you know, because he thought good financial news was coming. And it was it was. So how did the financial news unfold during the week? Right. Well, a little bit crazy. Yeah. On Wednesday, you know, the ADP report um, was, was bad. You know, the mm-hmm. private sector at only added 428,000, you know, experts were thinking it would be over a million. 
Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, the 428,000, obviously it's a gain, right? That's good, but it's not nearly where we thought the gain was going to be. So it, 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 there's still that worry out there that is this country slowing down um, and going to threaten what, you know, President Trump called the, uh, what did he call it, Gary? The Super V? Super V. Hmm. The Super V. Um, That's way better than. You know, so I don't know if we're going to have the super V recovery. Um, is the V recovery vanished? And are we looking at something else? Um, then we had the jobless claims on Thursday. Um, you know, the non, you know, 833,000. Okay, better than the million. All right. Um, which was, you know, during the height of the shutdown pandemic, right? Um, but still the 833 was a little bit higher than the previous week. Um, you know, so, so that was not great news. And then we got to Friday with the long weighted expected, you know, the monthly, you know, jobs report. Now this is where we, you know, got better news, right? So the consensus was 1.4 million, you know, non-farm payrolls. It met that. It came in at 1.37. Let's just say they met that, right, Carrie? Um, but there's a little asterisk after that because part of that was um, the temporary jobs, the, the census jobs that the government hired, right? And that was 238 some thousand. So you know, you take that really off because right. because that's not going to last. Um, if he just, you know, uh, so, you know, but the big thing, and this is what Trump, I think was alluding to was the unemployment rate. That mm-hmm. was a big increase. I mean, mm-hmm. a big increase. At, no, I, I said I that wrong. It was a big decrease. It was right, a big, but it, it was an yeah, increase I mean, it, in new jobs, right? Better it, than it, expected, yeah. which means it was a decrease in right. Because it came in at 8.4%. You know, um, now the consensus was 9.8%. So it, it beat that handsomely. Um, and, and, and again, that's down from, you know, 14.7%. You know, it, we're back in the single digits. Um, that's big. Right. Um, but then, you know, it, uh, the same, same other news this week, you know, the trade deficit was somewhat disappointing. Okay. Um, it came in $5 billion worse than what the economists were projecting. You know, they they were thinking um, that it would be narrowing to about 58 billion um, came in, at you know, 64 billion. So, you know, so, you know, you have still mixed signals. Um, I think, you know, we, we still don't have a stimulus package. No, um, I'm you know, I've been saying all along <laughs> that I thought we would get one. I mm. don't know, because now it's it's like. Well, we're not going to get a big one, you know. No, well, they keep saying they haven't used the money that from the stimulus they passed in spring. Why well, not? Right. So, 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 it, why are you asking for a lot more money, or why don't we first use what we already got asked for? Because they're still, you know, <laughs> they're still what twenty how twenty nine million people receiving unemployment benefits. Right. Care? I'm not saying then. Then how about we actually pass a bill that addresses that one issue? Right. The skinny bill. You will. Right. Right. I agree. How about we just pass now, now Larry talk- Kudlow, you know, my favorite, you know, go ahead, Carrie. I no, I was that. just going to say, uh, if Congress would just do that instead of packaging all together, saying just do small bills all the time that address the issue, maybe we'd make more progress instead of this back and forth playing chicken or right. I want this and you want that. And right. Just, you know, pa- get something passed. That's and- going to benefit empl- uh, people that are unemployed and trying to take care of their families. And now with their kids not in school, you don't think that complicates when you're trying to have young kids. I know I've talked to I mean, my kids are old enough, but some of these people with young kids trying to go to work, where are you going to put your kid? I mean, these people need help. So Larry Kudlow, you know, my favorite Trump spokesperson. Mm hmm. Um, he doesn't like the word skinny. He, Carrie, he calls it the smart package, okay? Oh, I like that better. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's saying that, but they asked him, this is on Bloomberg um, interview, and, and they're asking him, well, Larry, are you going to be, you know, in, in speaking for the Trump administration, are you guys going to be, you know, pulling your hair out if there is no package? And he said, no. He huh. said, we'll be okay if there's no package. Uh, he said, it'll be a lot better if there is a package. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we'll get we'll live with it if there's no package before the election. OK, um, so they're already, you know, and then they said, well, so are you saying 
Carrie, that's Chuck Reddick, Carrie. I'm not here. Okay. Um, but, you know, if if the idea is, you know, we don't get a pack. In other words, so are you saying that, Larry, that this this economy now is self-sustaining? That we don't, like you were just saying, we, we might not need more stimulus because the money that we, the trillions we already are, is hardly even to work yet. Right. And we're seeing, you know, consumer spending's up. We're seeing, uh, or, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, a, a, a unemployment going down. We still have inflation in check. Uh, and I talk about that here today. Um, you know, the idea is saying, so is it self-sustaining right now? Or maybe it's because he has no faith that they're going to compromise. And he's saying, hey, whatever happens, we're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's more that, that yeah. he has no faith Never that they're going to Never say a bad come word, right, um, yeah. if you're in Trump's camp. But, but you know, and he's saying, well, you know, he does believe the, the economy at this point would be self-sustaining. But he's saying um, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, there's still way too many people unemployed. There's still way too many small businesses that aren't coming back. They need help. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying let's wait another month because now all the stimulus has stopped. You know, the the the, the six hundred a week has stopped. You know, and we don't know about Trump's you know additional three hundred a week. How that's working? I think Ohio we're supposed to be getting that soon. Okay. Um, but um, they they've applied for it. Um, so you know we'll see. Um, so. October surprises. I don't know. We're, I think we're, we're in the middle of September surprises, right? We get to talk about Nancy's hair blowout, right? Oh, or, yeah. Um, or the fast track fast vaccine, right? See, yeah. a lot of people are saying if this vaccine works, but even, that's the um, stimulus to get, you know, that's right? what the but stimulus But then there's also need. other arguments that we need this herd immunity because vaccines aren't 100%. A lot of vaccines aren't even 50%. Right. Now, they are saying get the flu vaccine, which I did hear early last year, better late than never, because even though it doesn't protect it, you can't afford to get the flu and COVID. Even if you have mild symptoms with COVID, you don't need the flu versus. So, yeah. All I don't right. know. so, you know, so again, we keep saying, you know, we're in a Rona recession. Um, I don't know if we're going to have a super V uh, recovery or even a V recovery. Um, I think a lot is dependent. I think what would help that V recovery mm-hmm. is a stimulus, even if it's a skinny bill, excuse me, a smart, smart bill. Right. Um, or if we get a vaccine that people actually feel mm-hmm. confident take, right? Um, you know, and if we can don't have to shut down the economy again. No, I think um, that would be awful. You know, um, and we're all going to get our mail in ballots in on time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my official, you know, first level right did mm-hmm. you get yours carry yet yeah i did not the fake one did you get the official one yeah i did good All right. actually everybody in my house did there you go um so what am i going to talk about today carrie um i'm going to talk about the the rule of 61 okay by special request by the way all right our client he's listening i don't know he's listening probably right now um or if he's not listening live you can always catch these on podcast mm-hmm. i did the rule 61 Back, I think, in January. Okay. Um, but it's, I don't talk about it too often because it's somewhat an obscure, um, you know, idea. Uh, and the guy who came up with it, his name is David Blanchett. And he's, he's a Morningstar guy. You know, mm-hmm. he, um, and anyways, so he, he did a, it was, he released his report. It was back in 2018. So it's not like this has been a, te- you know, it's not right. a very, it's not a very old ancient idea. Right. Um, and maybe with COVID or this pandemic, we may need to rethink those numbers. But uh, yeah, but <laughs> rethink the, na- that rule. the name of his report, it was called the retirement mirage. And, and then further, why investors should focus less on timing and more on savings. Um, and I like the the retirement mirage part of it. I like it's now affectionately known as the rule of 61. I like that the most because right. that's how to me what struck my attention to it. OK, um, the idea. I think he had to spin it because he's Morningstar. He right. had to spin it to the investor. Right. Because that's who who's his target. Pays for Mor- right. Morningstar. Yeah. But I, I see to me, I think it's a lot it has nothing to do with the stock market. Um, I think it has more to do with how you build a financial model. All right, um, but before I get to that, um, I also I wanted to spend a, a couple minutes on you know Fed Chairman Powell, you know, and I didn't get to it last week, Carrie. So remember, he had the virtual Jackson Hole, right. right? You know, and he made well in economics terms, he made headlines. Mm-hmm. Now the rest of the people probably didn't really listen. 
you know, because they're too worried about Nancy's, you know, hair job. Right. Um, but that was that line for days. But um, but what he actually said was important. OK, it was a change, a shift in policy in Federal Reserve policy that's been going for decades. All right. Um, and, and yet, you know, he, he so I mean, basically, you know, uh, he's you know, and what uh, and he, he summed it up in, in like a matter of six words. Right. Um and he said, it's kind of like a flexible form of average inflation targeting. Okay. Does that make sense to you, Carrie? Not really. You know, An average, flexible, average... A flexible means- form, form of average inflation targeting. Well, I don't understand what... I understand what average means and how to... But what's flexible form mean? Meaning it depends on what we want to do? Yeah. I, well, maybe we ask Joe Hyden if he knows what this yeah. is about. Um, Joe Hyden. I know. I saw that. <laughs> um, but I don't know if Joe knows what or Trump knows what it means. But remember, Paul is one of the people I say I listen to. Right. Okay. Um, and um, so because, you know, what, what, what they've been saying is they've been trying to target, Carrie, right, a 2% inflation rate. Mm-hmm. Because it's been a long economic debate that zero inflation is really not the best. Right. Because it, it, it messes up other things, including the unemployment and wage growth and all like that. So they said, no, that's not the best. It's not to shoot for zero inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, obviously, nobody wants double-digit inflation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so since really the Great Recession, the Fed's been saying we've been targeting 2%. And guess what? They haven't gotten there. So people keep saying, why... In other words, that's the whole point, Federal Reserve. You can't do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't just say you want 2% inflation because you've been trying for a decade and you're not there. Right. So what's the problem? Hmm. Okay. Um, or do you really have a tool to fix it? Um, now, um, so, you know, it, it's it, – so it, the, the, they're saying, you know, Paul was saying, well, yeah, well, we, we want maximum employment. That's still a goal, you know, and they still believe that, you know, a robust job market is the best for this country. Right. right. Um, well, it and, sure helps with payroll taxes. And, and, and they're also saying that they do believe they can sustain that good job market without causing high inflation. You know, the, 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 a lot of people are worried about, you know, super hyperinflation. Okay. Um, but, you know, this kind of butts up against, you know, the Phillips curve, Carrie. You know, William Phillips came out with his, you know, economic theory. That was back in 1958, right? Um, and, you know, he, he, you know, his theory was that, you know, inflation and unemployment have a stable and inverse relationship, right? Um, so it, it's basically an economic concept stating that inflation and unemployment have a stable and inverse relationship. You know, so the theory, again, if economic growth causes, comes with, with economic growth, right? stronger GDP, higher GDP, you know, comes inflation, which in turn leads to more jobs and less unemployment, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the inverse relationship. So with low unemployment, wages tend to rise mm-hmm. because now companies have to pay more to keep to attract employed. people, right? Okay, um, and then you have more consumption demand because the higher wages are going out, which then causes inflation, right? So you know, and so what the Federal Reserve is saying? Well, no, I think we can do both. Okay, right? um, but the problem is, yeah, we have not had a lot of inflation, but guess you know, I mean. But we have a huge unemployment right now. So the COVID, you know, said, well, now what do they do? Um, so and and so what Paul was saying was like, well, OK, pr- price stability. All right. We know we don't want to always be at zero. And we're we're no longer thinking that it has to be two percent. So okay. strict. In other words, in in the past, it was it was like, you know, preemptive. You know, they're saying we're going to get it to two. If, right. If it's fallen below two, the inflation, we will we're gonna get do it. something to get it back. And up. then we're gonna, when we get it to two, we're going to stop. Right. Well, now, because they say, well, you haven't done that in 10 years. Now he's saying, well, that's not what we're doing. Because they're saying they got to do something different and it's unprecedented times. Right. So now they're saying we're going to be more reactive. So instead we'll, of proactive. Yeah. So we're mm. not going to get it to two. We're not going to try to do things to get it to two anymore. Okay. When it's over two, then we'll react. Okay. So we're willing. That's where the average comes in. Right. So if we've been, you know, for the last few years, 
five years, ten years, whatever we've been under two, we're okay. We can live with under two, basically they're saying. No, they're okay. saying we can live if it goes over two. Okay. Because over on average. So they're saying if you go under two, they're going to react. No. <laughs> okay. We are under two. Right. That's what I'm saying. They can't get it to two. Right. With what they're doing. So they're not going to tr- do anything. They're doing too much preemptive stuff to, to try to cap it at two. And it's not working. It's not working because we're right. not getting to. So we're saying, we're forget it. We're going a different direction. Right. We're not going to do anything. And then when it gets above two, when we see it. Right. Then we'll act. So if it's above two, then they're going to do something. Yes. Okay. So they're running the risk of higher inflation hmm. because they said over as long as over a long term average it's two, we're still golden. So even if it goes up temporarily, right. they're okay with it. Yes, and they're not going to try to do anything right now to try to get it up to two. They're just saying they're going to let it. Well, I don't know really what they're planning, but Probably the idea is they're, they're, they're saying we're okay if, if we overshoot it now mm-hmm. because we've undershot it for too long. Okay. Um, right. Um, it's clear as mud, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. That's why I know I've lost everyone in the audience right now. Um, but the bottom line, it comes down to, are you worried? I mean, we have people that are worried about hyperinflation. Well, yeah, well, that's the next question then is, well, what, how far above two are you going to go? Because I've got to figure out what I'm doing with my business. Right. Where I've had a couple people wanted called in the last month saying just for fun, because once we have a good financial model, what if we run starting in 2021 for the next five years instead of a 3% cost of living increase? What if we did a five or a six for five or 10 years? They just want to know, does that affect? Am I going to be okay? And Paul said that he said, you know, we're in other words, the idea is this, you know, he's saying this is not a radical shift. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of reaffirmation of what they've actually been doing. So in other words, it's kind of what they've been doing. Now he's just making it publicly as a policy. Right. Because he's saying the best for everyone is full, you know, um, openness or whatever. Right. I'm not to say openness. Disclose or um, you know transparency. Transparency. Thank you. Um, give me another mint, you love. Will you care? Uh, transparency. Um, so he's saying that's the best for the economy if they know now what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. So that's why he announced this. Right. Um now, they also asked Robert Kaplan, you know, after Powell's speech, you know, Kaplan, who's, you know, the Dallas Fed president, mm-hmm. right? Um, and um, he's a pretty smart guy, Kerry, right? Um, so they said, well, if your target is two and you haven't gotten there in 10 years, you know, how does the new policy get there? You know, it's the same thing. So, I, I mean, why are you doing anything? And he right. said, well, you know, it, it said, he, his response is it may take a while. Hmm. hmm. Um, and and but the idea of it's it's you know we're we're not going to really react until we see it over the two percent. So we're okay, you know, to to go moderately above two percent. Okay. So what do you think the next question was? What's well, moderately? How, I was going to say how high above two yeah. percent is what so I want to define wanna... moderately. I bet they're not going to. Um, well, he said we have deliberately left it undefined. Exactly. I guess they're not going because it's going to um, be. It depends. But he said, you know, it is moderately is a little bit, you know. So people are saying, well, is that twenty five basis points? You know, is it fifty basis points? You know, two and a half. And he said, uh, yeah, kind of. My, well, they yeah. don't. They're not going to um, answer that. Okay. Um, so you know. And they said, but the other thing, too, is, you know, the risks out there that could disrupt any plan is, guess what the number one risk he thinks is out there, Carrie? Hmm. Well, you have your mask on, Carrie, right? Hmm. So he still says the number one risk is the Rona. Okay. Um, if we have a second wave, you know, all bets are off the table. Right. Um, the other the other risk he mentioned was the uh, dollar weakening, you know, which uh, he said could change inflation. So, so that's a little bit. So, you know, so what does this mean to you? Well, it's interesting because um, a lot of times, yeah, you can look at a rising interest rate or inflation or, you know, the idea of saying, um, how does that affect not only my spending side, Carrie, right? But it is in any way it affect my um, earnings. In other words, do I get 
higher cost of living increases mm-hmm. if, if you know with you know because if prices go up isn't that how like for example the social security mm-hmm. um cost of living increases is monitored right or right. if you got a pension that you luckily enough still have a coli i have not too many of those left but you know those types of things so um so because a lot of times you know we're building a plan for our clients and we're projecting out social security carrie we do use a cost of uh, living increases, right? Right. Um, and what are we? What have we been using for a while? Kira? For Social Security, one point two percent. You even got that memorized? Yes, right? I do. Okay. Um, and you We've say, been well, doing a long time. <laughs> and say, so, Mark, how did you know why? You know, a lot of times we get the question, well, why are you using one point two? And I said, well, we kind of keep a, an eye on like a rolling ten year average, right? and we want to be conservative. So, yeah. So if we look back at the last ten years in reverse order, starting with twenty twenty, uh, here are the Social Security cost okay. of 1.6, 2.8, 2, 0. 0. 0. 0. 0.3, 0, 1.7, 1.5, 1.7, 3.6, and 0. Okay, that's the last 10 years. Okay, so you you average that over 10 years, it's 1.5%. And it's much better to be a little bit conservative because then you're going to be more comfortable in your plan assumptions. Right. And so we've been using 1.2. Now, lo and behold, Kippingler, you've heard of them, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Right? They just came out with what they think the 2021. 1.2. How did you know, Carrie? <laughs> um, isn't that I thought you were going to say there was a week ago, I didn't talk about it on the radio, where it was a the most hidden secrets for a great retirement, and it came down to work longer, <laughs> save more, spend less. I there was you like, go. Wow. That's the key to the success. I was like, hidden secrets. Wow. <laughs> I thought, hey, maybe this is something I'm going to learn, and I... So now what is it? So what are we going to do with the state planning team now that if... Now, we'll wait because we won't get that official you know, number until later in the year, mm-hmm. um, but let's say Kip and is right, and it's 1.2%. Okay, Kara, what are we going to do? Still uses 1.2. Well, now if we roll up the 10-year, right. okay, because now remember that 10th year right now that we're using is a zero. Right. The new 10th year would be 1.2. So it's going to be up the So total now average. that 10-year average is going to be about 1.6. Okay. I thought, but what do you think we should use? 1.2. Because <laughs> we've been using 1.2 for a very long time. <laughs> Until I see it substantially change. Um, right. I don't know. So we'll see. But, you know, perhaps this, you know, but the idea is this, it, you know, it just shows an example of how whatever assumption you make in your current plan, the idea is you don't put that plan in the sock drawer for 30 years. Right. You know, the idea is to say you, ha, learning the financial discipline is saying that when reality now changes an assumption that you're mm-hmm. making, you know how to go in and, you know, change your plan accordingly to make the minor adjustments based right. on reality so you stay on track. Or some people, the thing that you're worried about, like we've had clients call about inflation or other spending, or maybe they were worried about their job. I thought I was going to retire in 2022, but you know what? My industry, I'm, I want you to run a plan. What if I retire at the end of the year? Once you have a good model, you can run those different scenarios so that one, you can see, am I going to be okay? Do I have to change anything? And two, if I'm not going to be okay, I know how to adjust early enough on and make those plan adjustments. And as much as it's about saving money and it's about peace of mind, and we've been around more than 35 years helping people solve problems, save money. We're very different. We do this financial planning. We do help people with little issues or their big issues to them as far as specific issues, I should have rather said, as like pension analysis, timing of Social Security. If you have a specific issue, some people, um, income replacement needs, underutilized assets. Listen to our other podcasts that we had in June and July about those. Um, You can call the estate planning team. We're offering free consultations by phone or in person, whatever you're comfortable with. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. And we have a Labor Day weekend special. If you're one of the first 10 callers or people that contact us through the website, you'll get a 15% discount off our retainer fees or three bonus hours on hourly planning. And you can call 440-239- 2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You're listening to Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell, and we're talking about the rule of 61. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the, the, a little of the backdrop of this is, you know, the idea that it's, you know, I guess simply put, it, it's the idea that what David Blanchett was he saying is in his study proved was that, you know, when you're talking about when you're planning to retire at a certain date, when you're putting the stake in the ground, right? And remember, don't ask your neighbor where they're putting a the stake in the ground, right? You kind of have to kind of do this yourself. Um, people who aim for later carry retire earlier. And those who plan to retire early actually retire later. Hmm. Okay. Um, and there's now there's a lot of reasons that I think there's more focus on the people who say, uh, you know, remember that was the baby boomers dilemma. You know, I'm Mark, I'm working forever because mm-hmm. they just never saw how they would ever be able to retire. Right. They, you know, because the, the baby boomers have a worse retirement plan going than their parents did mm-hmm. much worse because of, you know, the, the all the things that, that happened. Including, not least of which, baby boomers have debt going into retirement. I was going to say, and their parents had pensions with cost of living increases that were guaranteed, and they didn't pay much for health care, if any. Most, I mean, the clients had That's why they had no debt going into retirement. I'm thinking, you know how many clients that we had that had amazing pensions, and they didn't pay a dime for health care? Right. Hmm. Um, Yeah, those, those pensions with cost of living increases, plus Social Security, really helped their retirement plan. Um, and healthcare being covered because anyone who's right. paying for it on their own. So, so you know, but the, but the, but everybody, you know, but professional planners, you know, said, well, that's a false sense of security. If you're if you're just going to build your financial plan, saying I'm never going to retire, well, is that a false sense of security? Because if you're just going to assume you're going to have this take home pay as long as you know until you're 70 75 mm-hmm. you might not mm-hmm. and if your plan is only going to last if you do that that's the concern right mm-hmm. um because you know there's statistics out there now this this one particular you know going back to 1991 okay where they say well the percentage of workers retiring earlier than expected has averaged approximately 45% that's a lot. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that's maybe forced and, out health. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, okay. we'll talk about it. And then about 50% retire about when expected. Okay. And about five retire re, re, uh, retiring later than planned. Mm-hmm. So you can see it's much weighted one for what. Right. Way. All right. Um, and now, yeah, so Karis, let's talk about the reasons why people retire before they plan. I was going to say sometimes it's forced. Okay, what do you think the number one reason is? Health. 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 Okay. okay, health is the number one reason. Now, this is broken down in two. Okay. It's your health. Versus someone like or a spouse or someone you someone need to take you, care of. Yeah, that you're responsible for is health. Right. All right. So, it, you know, so, um, so health, you know, so on, because of your own health issues, it's not allowing you to work longer. That's 55%. If it's you have to retire to take care of somebody else, whether mm-hmm. it be your spouse or maybe an elder parent, that's never happened before, right? It's happened in my own family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you know where you have to you have to retire to take care of a loved one. Okay, that's about twenty three percent. Okay, the second issue is forced retirement, job security. No one is offering you employment anymore or you've been forced out well we've had a lot of people because of industries they didn't think or they've been offered hey i'm not going to work full-time but now i have to work they'll give me part-time right. or consulting because they want you off the health care and everything else right so you know and layoffs you know recessions uh, uh, i think this pandemic is shutdowns i could go on and on right we um, have a few people that didn't think they would ever not have a job at this point there they thought they were safe and right so that's about 20 percent. okay so we have about 55 percent because they have to re- their own health another 23 percent because they have to take care of somebody else mm-hmm. and about 20 percent because no one's offering them a job okay okay the other miscellaneous two to they three got, percent they hit the lottery got an inheritance well you know <laughs> or or a lot of it I'm taking it, the fun it's, stuff. it's somewhat different they're yeah they're they're making decision. I in other words, sometimes it's the they can't keep up with the um, 
technology advances. In other words, they, they just can't keep up. Or some people don't want to do what they've been doing. How many times do we have clients say, I don't mind working. I just don't want to do. I've been doing this 30 years, 35 years. I need, I don't mind working which that's something we can help with of how long do you have to work, how many hours a week, and how much do you have to earn? Because some people are tired of the long work hours, and they just want more freedom of time and flexibility. Right. So that's so it's not you know big news that most people today realize um, that you the longer you th- say you're going to work, there's less chance you'll actually work that long. Okay, so I'm going to say, well, although I like what I do, I'm going to say I'm going to work till 70. Well, we'll okay, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Carrie, I got news for you. You're not retiring at 70. No. <laughs> um, no. The um but so the the other thing a lot of people say, well, is it, you know, and this is where I'm saying I don't think this is an issue about the stock. I mean, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to say anything about stock market. Okay. I mean, I mean, quite frankly, you know, stock stock market and the volatility drives me to tears. Right. Um, it's it's all it's all these. Oh, Mr. Smith, how are you sleeping during the depression? Oh, fine. Uh, I sleep like a baby. You know, I wake up every two hours and cry. You know, it's, in other words, <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it's it's. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about, you know, fixed annuities, guaranteed income riders. A lot of people think that's what's going to, you know, allow me to retire with with confidence. This has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, so it, it, it's, um, yeah, it, so what Blanchett said in his study, now, you know, he, and, and it was a pretty big study, Kerry, and there, he also used previous studies. That were done. One by Michigan University. They have a great retirement, you know, mm-hmm. plan, you know, uh, that they've been doing studies. So he he, he also used that. Um, but you know, it was a pretty big study. It happened over eight years. Okay. Um, and there was about you know fifty eight thousand participants. Okay, so it was it was somewhat in depth, right? He wasn't just you know asking his neighbors. Um. And Blanchett kind of summarized, no, it's not any of those other factors. He said, really, the only factor with a healthy degree of accuracy is the individual's expected retirement age relative to the magic age of 61. Hmm. Okay. Um, Let me repeat that. The only factor with a healthy degree of accuracy is the individual's expected retirement age relative to to the magic age of 61. Okay. Now, he also had somewhat of a disclaimer saying that his his theory holds true more if, not for someone who's like one or two years away from retirement care. Right. Um, but if someone who's five to 10 years away. Okay. Right. Um, now, um, and so basically, he, <laughs> this, the magic number 61 was that he said, okay, that seemed to be what was coming back to a norm. You know, a lot of times people say, well, what is the normal retirement age? Well, 65. Right. Today, sometimes it's 70, right? Right. People Remember say one, 65 because they can go on Medicare. Right. 62 because you can go on Social Security. Right. And maybe, maybe in the olden days it was 62 because right. we didn't live to 60, you right. know, 70, right? You know. Um, but it, he said it, it kept coming back to like 61. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, if so, in other words, for the the big numbers, the averages, if you were planning on retiring at age sixty one, okay, you, you that's pretty much where you you were okay. But okay, but it was whether you were planning to retire uh, before or after sixty one is what he found interesting. Okay, all right, um, and he he worked this town to a formula. This is what. Prop my eyebrows when, when I said, like, really? He, he mathematically came up with a uh, formula. A, a formula that, you know, he, he and, 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 and remember, his paper wasn't going out to retire. It was really going out to professionals. Mm-hmm. He was saying, you know, especially investment professionals who say they're financial planners. Mm-hmm. Because he's saying, he say, you guys have got it wrong. You keep using the 4% rule, assuming that, the you know, if they retire at 65, a 5% rate of return, 4% withdrawal mm-hmm. with inflation, they're golden for 30 years. He said, you're missing the boat. Because if they tell you they're retiring at 65, guess what? They're not. 
So so you're not you're not going back in and adjusting your four percent rule mm-hmm. for the longer retirement that it's really going to be. Which can make a big difference. Okay. Um, in some cases. So I mean so basically the way his formula works is um you know, each planned retirement year, mm-hmm. whether it's earlier or later than the magic number sixty one. Okay results in a half-year difference in the actual retirement age. Okay. Okay, so let the numbers make that statement easier. Okay. So um, let's say 69. So okay. let's say someone says, okay, Mark, I'm going to retire at age 69. Okay. okay? Um, most likely, they'll retire at age 65. Okay. Because how you work the math is you take 69 minus 61, the magic number. You got eight. You got eight. You divide that by two. Four. You, just, you take four off 69. Okay. And that's how you get to 65. Okay. All right. Now it works the other way too. Let's say they say, Mark, I plan on retiring at age 59. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. You're, they're most likely going to retire at 60 because you take 61 minus 59. Two. That's two. You divide by two. One. That's one. So it's one year longer. Right. So it's not 59. It's probably okay. 60. All right. Um, now, so that's and, 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 you know, so that's what his his report or his study concluded. And he's saying maybe that is a better, you know, um, measurement to, you know, to work at. Now, Carrie, how how we've been handling this issue at the estate planning team. Um, and. It's interesting because, yeah, we what we've been doing, and we've been doing this for thirty-five years. So it, we were we were dealing with this issue long before Blanchett, mm-hmm. re, you know, published his report in twenty eighteen. Um, but we had already kind of gotten that concept. In other words, just as I was saying in the beginning, we were we were cautioning our clients if they came in and in the initial planning stages. When we ask how long do you plan on working, and you know, once we got past the oh, I'm going to work forever, and said, well, you know, let's seriously, and they said, well, age seventy five or age seventy two, or and we're like, mm, you know, and and so we what we would do in that circumstance is we would run that plan for them, right? I mean, this is your plan, not right. mine. We, we- but then come back and say, yeah, but what, we all, what if you can't? Well, what we often say on this show is, what's the problem with running more than one model? So you could have your plan A. Right. Mark, I love my job. I'm healthy as can mm-hmm. be. Um, I'm going to, I'm 60 years old. I know I'm going to be doing this for 10 more years. Great. Or 15 more years. Let's hope. Um, and certainly, do we have clients who are working past 75? Absolutely. And, and, and the strange thing is, and a lot of people don't believe this statement when we say, it's sometimes our ones who are the most wealthy. Yeah. Or in terms of wages. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. If I was making a million dollars a year, Mark, why on earth would I still be planning on working after age 70? Well, if you think about it, because we're all human. And we all raise our level of living to the wage that we're accustomed to. So if you if you had a job that was making five hundred thousand or a million dollars a year, guess what? By the time you're sixty five, you have a lifestyle that's costing a lot, a million dollars a year. So you know how big does your uh, nest egg have to be? To maintain a five hundred thousand or a million dollar uh, income, you'll go ask the fixed annuity guys how much of an annuity you have to buy to, to get that type of guaranteed income. <laughs> a lot. All right. Um, you know, but now, that's why it's different, regardless of your estate, whether you're going to run out of money. You can't say somebody with a large estate earning money. We have doctor clients; they need to readjust their discretionary spending if they do want to stop working because they've used to spend more, or do they can keep working. So how we've been handling it to state planning team. So back to so when we have a client that says, Mark, I'm working to, you know, well, seventy five or seventy two. Maybe we can talk them down to seventy two. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we say, Okay, that's your plan A. And let's say we run that. Okay. But just for fun, Mr. Client, we're gonna run a plan B. Okay. And let's see what happens if you can only work 
till 65. Okay. Or 68. Or, you know, some sometimes we go slower. Right. You don't chop off five years at a time. Right. You chop off maybe one or two. All right. Um, now, again, this is somebody who's 10 years away from retirement or five mm-hmm. years away. You know, and, and if you're already retired, this is a good test. If you're already retired right now, let's say you retired in 2020. Just do you remember back five or 10 years ago when you thought you'd be retiring? That'd be a good no. test. Right? Um, now, so then we will show them both plans. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, yeah, if you work until, you know, now, so the, so the question is, sometimes, Carrie, when we show them, when we chop off years, they're still okay. And, and, or how many people have we run that plan B that they're going to retire early and then they actually end up doing it because in their back of their mind, they really didn't think that earlier age was attainable when they show them they're going to be okay. Or they said, you know what? I've heard from people. Going into work every day knowing I could walk out at any minute is a different dynamic, and it feels different knowing I could leave tomorrow. Right. Somehow, somehow knowing you don't have to go to work makes going to work easier. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing, too, is they may sleep a little bit better at night knowing that if they lose their job, mm-hmm. they're still going to be okay. Right. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, it happens where if the client knows they don't have to work longer. Mm-hmm. They're working longer until they get word that the company's going to offer a buyout. Buyout. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm all set for that buyout. Right. Because now that's just gravy Mm -hmm. to my plan. Right. Um, You know, so having prepared a a plan model, you know, even though that we know all models are wrong, some are useful. Right. I think Um, ours are very useful. um, Now, it's not an easy thing. If you're trying to do this at home, and you're saying, well, how do I model retiring a few years earlier? It's not easy. No, because th- th- you factor in a lot of yeah, different things. How many wheels are spinning right now? Healthcare is a big one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, investment withdrawals. It's, a, it's, a, it's either a snowball accumulating or it's right. a snowball running down the hill in mm-hmm. distributions. So the longer you don't have to tap into your investments, the compounding you know difference over 30 years, right? Um, income taxes may be changing. Um, pension elections, social mm-hmm. security elections, mm-hmm. they all may have to be adjusted if you're saying I'm, I'm going to retire earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not just as simple as saying, I'm just going to cut off my wages. No, there's a lot more wheels spinning than mm-hmm. just wages. That's why if you're doing it at home, good, you know, if you've never right. done it before, that's why maybe, you know, get some professional help, you know, you know, with the models. Um, now what if we have the other way, um, where the client who's saying, I'm uh, I'm going to mark. I'm going to retire at 55. Hmm. We run it that way for them. Mm-hmm. That's their plan A. Right. Because we know if plan A works, we don't care if they decide not to retire at 55. Right. It's extra. <laughs> it's right. gravy. Right. You know, and so, so that's somehow the difference, how we've handled this issue over the years. And we've been helping people for more than 35 years. Take advantage. We're offering a free, no obligation, no pressure, no cost. Again, consultation by phone or in person to see if our services can benefit you. Remember, we have the Labor Day special, 15% off retainers, or three bonus hours on hourly options. We have affordable fees. Call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financial foodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.